one of you is the monster. Monster? They're British, you know. Hello, I'm Chris Denton. <laughs> and I'm Paul Monk. And we are a, a very, very British, British horror. horror. Yes, we're back again to talk yeah. about... Yeah, it, we're talking about... Well, um, what are we talking about? We, we, in our <laughs> we, we in our know. Minds, we, we... It, 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 it's still, I think it's still slightly Christmassy. Um, so we're going to be talking about another... Well, it wasn't really part of Ghost Stories for Christmas, was it? Or was it? Uh, no, it wasn't, no. And let's uh, not spoil the magic. This is um, <laughs> this is Christmas Day, uh, <laughs> and we're in the recording studio, uh, surrounded by yeah. Christmas decorations and presents and... Uh, That's right, yeah. And, and elves yeah. and reindeer and... Elves? <laughs> Christmas elves. Okay. <laughs> um, to talk about... Um, Whistle and I'll Come to You, which, as you correctly state, was not actually a ghost story for Christmas. It was actually an episode of Omnibus, a BBC Arts documentary yeah. series. But um, it, it's regarded as being very closely linked to the ghost stories for Christmas that came a few kind of years later. Kicked it off, I suppose, in a way. Sort of. I, I, think, I think there's... A, we, there is a clear link between this um, and the next one, um, which was uh, stalls at Barchester. I think that's, uh, I'm going to have to look at. While you're looking that up, I'll I'll just say a very big thank you to uh, uh, Derek Jacobi who who came in and did that that intro there. Uh, it was very kind of him. He's just he's just left. It it was the stalls at Barchester. Okay. So, so yes. So, big thanks to and indeed, um, yes. Thank you, Derek. Um, that was that was excellent. It was lovely of you to come to the studio on Christmas Day. It was it was rather that. good of him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So, yeah, that wasn't really that him. That's a, the magic of 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 radio. Uh, that was actually a clip from um, the opening bit of one of the. Spine Chillers, which was a... Spine Chillers, with yeah. Eagle Piggle, that, that... Yeah, yeah, with Eagle Piggle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it can be, always be seen on CBeebies, just before bedtime. Wow, that would be cool. If they actually <laughs> got it mixed up and put, <laughs> put ghost stories on instead of that. Well, I, 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 do, um, I do love Derek Jacobi, I really do. We're not talking about his episode of Spine Chillers. No, they, they, <laughs> they were a short 15-minute adaptations of M.R. James stories that were... were Broadcast on Radio Four, um, one Christmas in nine, I want to say two thousand and eight or two thousand and nine. But you, you you earlier told me two thousand and eight. Did I? Yeah, that's what you that, said. That was from memory though, and so I don't know. It was we don't need to fact but, check. We no. <laughs> but yes, I don't know that anyone actually listened to them. But well, you you listened to them. Well, I did listen to them. That's because someone bought me the CD of them. That's probably the best present. I wish someone would buy me a present as cool as that. I'm I'm googling it now, and this right. we, we've really we've really not started strongly. <laughs> so, 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 yeah, we... so, so yeah, but so we're talking about the the the, the black and white version starring um, Sir Michael Horden, Paddington Bear, or Paddington and, Bear fame, yes, yeah. or, or Gandalf. He, he was Gandalf in the. Uh, Lord of the Rings BBC radio adaptation. 
Yes. We're suddenly obsessed with BBC Radio. We are. Despite... We need... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it's him and it's uh, directed by um, uh, Jonathan Miller, who at that time was probably more famous for Beyond the Fringe. Yes, I, th- I, think, that, I think that's absolutely true. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Miller, who did this instead of Derek and Clive. Yeah. Two very similar things. Or... or, or... Just, just saying, this would be really weird if they all swapped around and did all different things. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Because um, obviously Alan Bennett was part of Beyond the French. Can, can you imagine the Alan Bennett version of Derek and Clive? Or actually, I think he might have done quite quite a, an interesting version of this. Well, uh, that would but, be a uh, first for Alan Bennett. <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Peter Cook and Dudley Moore's version of this would be. Would be um, quite well, interesting. Well, I, I don't know though because their version of *Hound of the Baskervilles* was it's, not it's particularly not, interesting. Uh, <laughs> so, so no, probably best. True. Probably actually of the members of *Beyond the Fringe*, I think Jonathan Miller was the correct <laughs> choice to yeah. go into *Ghost Stories*. Yeah, you're <laughs> and, probably right. And I'll be, on, I'll be I'll be honest. We're not really going to talk about Alan Bennett or Dudley Moore or Peter Cook ever in the whole history of. No. A very British horror because their contribution to horror was not no. not really significant. What what I do like, by the way, this is quite good sort of uh, background information for the listeners here, is um, because there's a crazy cat murderer <laughs> in the area. Um, Paul's actually keeping his two cats inside at night and uh, in this very room, so they're so that, meowing yeah. fairly they constantly are. because they're not particularly scared of the cat murderer. No, and uh, they do want to go out, but it's creating a quite a good kind of vibe yeah, the, so only, the only thing I regret the only thing I regret Paul is that we're not talking about the uncanny <laughs> yeah no that would be good we need to we need to get them involved with a cat themed thing yeah. anyway we should probably talk more about Whistle and I Come To You because um, we, we, we're not really talking about that so it starts with this um, really brilliant introduction yep. which is a spoken introduction about M.R. James um, as Michael Holden walks towards the camera in one shot on a beach, yep. and, and it's it's um, it, it sets the whole thing up as kind of like this is going to be a, a ghost story, but also uh, it's going to be a deconstruction of a ghost story. Yeah. So we're going to try and have a look at, at what Emma James was really doing. So um, I, th- I think it, it, well, it's Miller. Miller doesn't have a role in. in, in He's the director, He's writer, the director, I think, writer. Right. but he he doesn't actually take a role in in no, production. No. Um, but he is um, setting this up as kind of a, it's all, almost a cr- sort of veiled, well, maybe not, not veiled criticism. It's, <laughs> it, it, it's 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 a manifest criticism of um, um, M. R. James's closeted um, sort sort of um, uh, academic. Um, Oh, they start scratching now. <laughs> um, uh, life, which is obviously completely yeah. removed from reality. Yeah, and so, exactly. and so um, Parkin, played, yeah. played by um, Sir Michael Horton, uh, has no social skills at all. He's, no. he's completely ill-equipped <laughs> to deal with the outside world. I mean, he's he's a he's Oxbridge Don. Um, I mean, Emma James was also an Oxbridge Don, wasn't he? But he was uh, actually... Um, but most famous uh, for being a schoolmaster at Eton. Yeah. Um, it's a similar... S- and, and, and well away from um, 
Uh, it was, uh, and, and like women and, and <laughs> anything. Yeah. It was. It, it was. It was. Uh, Apart from bicycling and uh, East Anglia. Well, you, you used to go on 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 holidays to look at France as well. Churches, he, yeah, yeah. There's a there's, he did do that. There's a there's a there's a story set in France. Yeah, um, which based on one of his holidays. I mean, his ghost his ghost stories. He's quite uh, as we've said before. This this was a hobby. His ghost yeah, stories were quite, a hobby. He seems he was to be a, most well known for his ghost stories, and they were just something he did once a year at Christmas to 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 read to the the boys. At the school, really. Yes. Um, so, it, yeah, it's kind of um, it's kind of it, he, he most of the time he did a lot more research into um, early Christian stuff, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, medieval theology. Yeah. Um, stuff but, you know, I'm sure fascinating, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but he, he did go. I mean, he he, he he set his ghost stories quite quite often in places where he'd gone on holiday. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and he went on holiday to Norfolk. <laughs> so, yeah. um, Professor Parkin um, goes on holiday to Norfolk. <laughs> he does. Yeah. Uh, and and, and it's, it's, it's he, he's also initial... out of season. It's out of season, it so it's season. quite he's, windy, cold. He's in, I can't remember now. In this, is he? Had he declined a trip to go and play golf? Because that's in the original story, isn't he supposed to be going to play golf? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But on it, I mean, travelling on his own. He um, in the original story, he goes, he he plays golf. He's terrible at it. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. he go, and then he goes for a walk because one of his academic colleagues has said, "There's a." That, oh, Sort of church site or something, isn't there? Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, like Knights Templar yeah. Church was, uh, uh, I believe. Go and have a look. Yeah. And um, so this and our Professor Parkin, um, he does that and, um, yeah. and muttering to himself all the time. Like, yeah, which he does the entire time. There's a really brilliant bit. Actually, he 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 does a lot because again, this is this is. Um, like a lot of uh, the M.R. James ghost stories, they they, they quite they're quite slow. There's ever quite a slow build up, and then that the the ending where everything kind of kicks off a bit. Well, but they uh, are, and, and that's and, true. And, that's, and, and in this, there's a lot of um, Parking spends a lot of his time muttering to himself, walking around and eating a lot of time eating. Well, the, the, they he gets. Dressed for dinner. This yeah. is a this is a funny guest house. Uh, I, yeah. I guess authentic. Um, it, 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 in that he doesn't have an ensuite bathroom, so he, they basically yeah. um, run his bath for him, and he, he has to walk yep. down the hall to his bath. So you, you think, well, kind of that's hostel style. Yeah. Now, now, now a hostel would be like that, but yeah, we wouldn't exactly. we, we wouldn't stay in a hotel yeah, like that. You know, sort of German students. And yeah. Um, in there. But but then when it's dinner time, he has to this black tie. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. It's, yeah, it's a bit curious. Yeah. That, I, like I say, I'm sure that's authentic. I'm sure people really did actually holiday like that. But uh, yeah, you know, I'm sure they did. On suite was quite a major advance, I feel. Um, but, but but yeah, the, you, you said earlier that he, he he basically has no social skills, and that comes across uh, several times. But most no, notably in the conversations with the colonel, 
usually at breakfast. Yes, um, he's, he's sort of not golf partner. Yeah, there's a bit where... Um, isn't there a bit where the colonel asks him about something? Um, and he Parker goes into this long kind of uh, philosophical... Well, debate about the art. What, what's the it, question? Is that, it's absolutely, um, it's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, so, uh, so the colonel, at the same time, the, he's thinking, the colonel's probably thinking, I wish I hadn't asked. It's the colonel says, Do you believe in um, uh, the afterlife? The afterlife, that's and, and, and Parkin just goes, Something like, he's, Well, I don't really know. Um, <laughs> that has the appearance of a question, yeah, <laughs> but, but I don't really know what I'm being asked to believe in. <laughs> he uh, comparing it to, to, to I mean, we would say we uh, compare it to. Uh, starts comparing it to an egg or something, doesn't he? It's... Well, well, he, 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 his, his idea is that we we, we say that um, uh, we had a nasty accident, but but, yeah. Yeah, but we survived it. But you couldn't really yeah. say. We survived, oh, survived death. death. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so um, it, 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 it is. It is. Uh, it's, it's brilliant acting. It's endlessly rewatchable, it and is. I have rewatched it many times actually. But he's uh, not the sort of person you'd want to sit next to on a bus. Well, or, well, and there's there's, a, there's a, really. a preceding scene at, at, at dinner where where like this 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 woman who's at another table smiles at him, and he just and he he, he just doesn't know how to cope, and starts yeah. muttering to himself and smiling and that. Ah. <laughs> and, 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 and so in, in, in the Mr. James's point, I think was that this really together young dynamic academic is kind of. Uh, yeah. Um, has his because um, he's younger rat- in the story, isn't he? In the, in the exactly, and he has his kind of uh, certainties of youth shattered by the supernatural events of the story. But but in, in this, the guy's already a wreck. He's probably <laughs> he, he espouses this um, um, kind of rationalist mantra. Um, yeah. <laughs> so in, in a not very conversational way, um, but. He's obviously got like severe problems. There's a great bit where he's where he gets again served breakfast and he starts uh, muttering about tomatoes. Oh, I told him I didn't like tomatoes. Oh, he does. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just said, said I didn't like tomatoes. <laughs> Gave me tomatoes. No. Yeah, I mean, that was my it, impression of Michael. It, it was absolutely spot perfect. <laughs> um, <laughs> so he, he does that all the way through, but. The supernatural stuff, and there is, let's be honest, some supernatural stuff, comes when he goes to this Knights Templar graveyard, which, by the way, is beautifully realised. This whole, um, this film, it's, it's filmed um, on film, obviously. Uh, well, no, no, not obviously, because it's TV, yeah, but it is, yeah, it is yeah. on beautiful black and white film. It's, the cinematography is absolutely gorgeous. And this scene in the, the Knights um, Templar graveyard, which is on, on the edge of a cliff as well, yeah. um, it's Absolutely lovely, and he 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 basically um, the the graveyard's obviously been eroded by the sea, and he he kind yeah. of he, he he kind of finds the whistle, um, yeah. uh, um, by sticking out of the side of the cliff. And yeah. I, lovely, I think so it's a nice idea, isn't it? And 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 he takes it over and he cleans it off, and it's a beautiful kind of. Uh, sometimes Emma James does really good kind of. Um, Investigation stuff, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. I particularly when we when we we did um, the other one, the Treasure of Abbott Thomas. I really yeah. like the detective element of that. And um, 
there's a there's a really there's a really good scene with Michael Gordon investigating the whistle, yeah. and he finds the writing and it's Latin translates it translates it. Who is this? Who is coming? Um, which I'm which the beginning. <laughs> yes, uh, yes, absolutely. Um, and um, not oh whistle and I'll come to you, my lad, which no. is the the, the the name of the the original story, which which um, and this is called the shorter version of Whistle I Come To You uh, and that, that's a, a Robert Burns quote but it's not actually yeah. on the whistle at all no. it's nothing to do the whistle no. the, I mean like years I'm just like why is not what because it would maybe it's a whistle and I'll come to you would be absolutely perfect because yeah. it would be like that's kind of what it means yeah. but who is this who is coming is a bit vaguer so I guess it is a bit yeah I honestly don't know whether it would be better or worse if Whistle and I'll Come to You was written on the whistle rather than Who Is This Who Is yeah. Coming. Yeah. Maybe it's not so snappy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you could be right. Anyway, obviously, parking blow, blows the whistle. It's, it's, yeah, I mean, the other thing as well is that, I don't know about you, but I never find it that good on a beach. It's always just... Yeah, but the kind of beaches. I typically go to. Chucked out. I mean, Maybe I, even who I've been to Norfolk. Well, of course, of course not. Am I James Lucy? Yes. Roam the place continuously. Well, of course they have because. Well, it's, it's like, well, I found the whistle. Ah, uh, that's not a whistle. That's another Saxon crown. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. I'll chuck that away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, so you had no chance. It's, yeah, it's all been done. It's all been done. Well, but who who's actually the lucky one? Is it me, or is it Professor Parkin, or is it you? I don't think it's Professor Parkin no. because as soon as he blows that whistle, the wind gets up and yeah. uh, and it's a bit of a storm. And um, even before he blows it, actually, as he as he's going home from there's, after discovering yeah, it, a, he gets followed by the the, the shadowy figure. Yeah. yeah, which is a kind of another. I mean, I, I alluded with the crown to a warning to the curious, yeah. and 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 this kind of being followed on the by, by a mysterious figure in the distance is is also a warning to the curious. Yeah. So they're, they're they're two quite similar James stories, yeah. also two of his most famous ones. So the, yeah. the kind of being followed by a dodgy ghost is, is oh, or mysterious figure yeah. who turns out to be a ghost. <laughs> exactly. Sorry, spoilers. <laughs> That's very typical of James and his best work, and. And, and, and that there's some beautiful sound there's, the sound is beautiful for that because it yeah. slightly distorts doesn't yeah. it yeah it's very atmospheric um, so you have that and, and then what you basically have is uh, after this is kind of a um, haunting as um, the stuff about crumpled sheets because there's two beds and uh, one of them, uh, uh, both of them are, uh, both of them are slept uh, in. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, God, you distracted me. But this is a. I mean, he just loses it as he gets um, uh, unnerved by the by creepy stuff yeah. happening yeah. to him. You know. But, like he he, he uh, has a dream, doesn't he? Yeah, he 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 kind of dreams he's been followed on the beach, but but that's the one kind of disappointing 
realization of this whole production because you get more of a look at what it, what it is that's supposed to be following him and it's essentially a kite. Yeah, it's sort <laughs> of like a, a, a kitey bin bag. Yeah. No, I think, it, I, I, I sort of disagree because I, I think it somehow ends up being quite creepy. I think there's a dream sequence it's, it's creepy but I just think you see a bit too much of it and it's just a bit yeah. not scary yeah. but then I mean I, I think that, 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 that sort of um, yeah it's quite interesting one thing I think with that sequence is um, I don't know if you ever watched it but there was a it was a thing that was quite a big BBC uh, program about a year ago with Michael Palin called Remember Me Oh, I, it's like I a ghost story thing. I saw some of it. It wasn't bad, but it just—I think it went on too long. It did have a beach scene, didn't it? But that had a very similar sort of beach scene with like a a, a sheep, which spoilers, sorry everyone, turns out to be a kind of Indian woman later on. But it, it uses that really, really. I think it really pays tries to copy that whole kind of sequence, like a creepy sheet-like thing on a on a beach, but not as successful. Well, I mean, obviously copying M.I. James is how a lot of ghost stories yeah. go, but it's really hard to do, as a lot of people find. Yeah. And and going on for three hour-long episodes is a good way not to do it properly. Yeah. Because, because this is in common with all the M.I. James adaptions. Uh, it's, it's like about 35 minutes long, yeah. or 40 yeah. minutes long yeah. tops. So they're all between 30 and 40 minutes long, yeah. because cause, cause you can't do it. It's just... It's just a, a good it's ghost story. Building up to that, that. If you're trying to, uh, if you've got something that's three hours long, it, it, trying to build up other characters and this kind of thing. I don't. Know. I mean, there are obviously examples of of longer good ghost stories. Yeah. Uh, the the woman in black and the turn of the screw, but they're they're actually not that long. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that, but in terms of films as well, things like uh, the haunting. Yeah, well, but yeah. I would say that, that all those things they all have in common with the M.R. James stories. They, they don't have very many characters, and they still build up in, in that, that same way. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think I think what. But but the, the longer the runtime or whatever, the yeah. the harder it is to exactly, sustain. Yeah. I think that's that's very clear. And when you try to put in other subplots with other characters and that kind of thing, it dilutes the the, the power of the main ghost story. I think that's right because it's everything. Yeah. Everything should be adding to the ghost story. Yeah, and and, and that's what you got here I mean, with all Emma Jane's stories but also which George Miller translates even though he, he and it's like a critique of it but yeah but but he's, he doesn't it's not a parody <laughs> he's doing the ghost story properly it's just he's just he's just showing um, Parkin in a different way essentially yeah. Parkin yeah yeah because yeah, I mean, because although although like I say it's, it's essentially a nervous breakdown clearly that's what um Parkinson is undergoing yeah. uh, and it's really largely that it's really largely there before it before the haunting even starts um, I, mean, I mean this is not in his head this is this is definitely this is a, yeah but, yeah I don't know that he is having a 
breakdown. Having worked in uh, a university setting for many years, yeah, there are some academics that are, are like that. Well, yeah, but, but at, at the but when, as you get towards the end, when the the ghost actually manifests, yeah. um, in, in his room, um, and it basically. Might, Oh, do you want to say something? No, else I was going to say that in that bit, yeah, you're talking about where it manifests in his room, um, which which is brilliant, by the way, um, and more distortion and, and, uh, and, and, and genuine, and they de- it looks like they sort of degrade the film a little yeah, bit. So, and it, yeah, it's genuinely creepy. Um, there's a, I notice there's a really telling little thing that he does. He sucks his thumb when he's really scared. Does he's in the corner, and so it's like obviously regressing right back to being the scared little boy. Um, which, which, although you know, it's like a tiny detail, that's uh, really cool. And, and he screams, and then he just goes, No, no, yeah. oh yeah. no, oh yeah. no, yeah, like, like basically, like the, the whole of his um, his veneer of rationalism has yeah. collapsed because, yes. because he knows it's a ghost, yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, and um, yeah, so the ghost. The, this it is done pretty well. I mean, it's it's bed sheets essentially. But then it is in the story, isn't it? It is. It so is. It's, it's it's yeah. It's a thing that's made of like linen, isn't it? It's, it's sort of pressing against it. Yeah, that's right. And, and um, this, this this was obviously tremendously successful. This was back in the days. Um, when Omnibus was an arts documentary series, yeah. wasn't a drama series at all. But Jonathan Miller just thought he he could make uh, a program about M.I. James, yeah, as a drama, and that would show that would tell people about M.I. James, and that that yeah. that, that 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 really worked. Um, well, does it tell us about M.I. James? I, I, no, possibly it's not as informative as an actual documentary no. about M.I. James. Uh, it, 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 it tells us what Jonathan Miller thinks of M.R. James' stories. I guess so. Which, 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 which he, <laughs> I think, which I guess he likes them, but finds the lifestyle and the yeah. the the, uh, the the elitism behind them a bit weird. Yeah, would would be my inter, inter, interpretation. But you know, this is uh, Omnibus is where Ken Russell came from. Yeah, this is the, uh, the, the the great era of arts television before um, essentially. The whole thing collapsed. You yeah. you wouldn't get anything like this on on TV now because well, multi-channel and satellite Sky too. There's there's too much competition and not enough money. Yeah. Um, so this kind of stuff doesn't happen anymore, <laughs> um, which is a shame. Yeah, especially yeah. Um, but um, it did kick off as we talked about. This was. A few years later, um, you got you got the proper ghost story for Christmas. Yeah. Um, but they started off um, from the BBC documentary. Yeah. Um, so, 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 uh, arm as well because um, Lawrence Gordon Clark. Yeah. <laughs> um, he he was a documentary. He was he was a yeah, documentary no, director. Yeah. yeah no, so, really. so 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 is it, said before. Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. So, so it's, it's so um, this. This presumably then was quite successful. Oh yeah, yeah, massively you know, successful. To, you know, to, to it was quite sort of influential. One thing I thought that just sort of occurred to me when I was watching this is that the the ghostiness is essentially um, uh, is kind of a sheet. Yeah. 
So, well, is this where we get the idea of a ghost being a sheep from? You know, there's like the traditional ghost view. Oh, is that is a very game. good insight. Now, I wonder if there's any other version. I mean, whether that comes from the original story or whether there's any other kind of version before that where ghosts are portrayed as kind of sheep moving I, around. I had not thought of that before It just one of those all. things that just kind of occurred to me, and I thought, that, well, yeah, because it, it, that's what it is. It's, tradi- it's the traditional rubbish ghost. Like, someone throw a sheet over someone and make them go, but obviously it's much scarier in this. But I do wonder if that was in part responsible for that. I I, I believe other... Whether there's any other examples. Do send us emails if you you know of any other... Other depictions of ghosts are like dead people, aren't they? Yeah, Yeah, that's what a ghost is supposed to be, yeah. And M.R. James was, was generally quite good for being quite imaginative about the ghosts in, in his stories. He thought of lots of different ways of yeah, horrifying people. Nasty sort of different different things that weren't just ghosts of people. Yeah. Yeah, I think so I, th- I think that I think you've cracked it. Yeah, I know, I, I, I think there's quite I think there's quite a strong uh, I think that, well I can't refute it. I can't, I'm, I'm sitting here now, I can yeah. think of no counter argument. I don't I mean obviously I'm not a historian of Casper <laughs> that kind of ghost, but well, no, but Cas- could he... Casper was like the nineteen forties or fifties, wasn't it? So, but it could, it could well have, it could well have come from this. I mean, this was a very ghost yeah. stories of an antiquary was a very popular. Yeah. Uh, Travelled the world. H.P. Yeah. Lovecraft uh, obviously read and enjoyed it, so it had got to America. So, yeah. um, I, I just wondered if that's yeah, because I can't think of I couldn't think. I did, did try and look him. I can't really think of any other examples where a ghost is, is a sheep. But it's a, it's a really um, easy Halloween costume. It is, <laughs> that's, yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so yeah. I, but I'd, I'm not sure if anyone ever get, uh, dressed up as the, the ghost from Whistle or, or whether they just thought, oh, I haven't got a Halloween costume. Yeah. Oh! But I have got a sheet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, possibly. <laughs> but that must come from from somewhere in the same way that like the, the stereotypical uh, image of Dracula is or the Dracula costume comes from the Bela Lugosi costume yeah there's certain things that are just kind of locked in the pop culture psyche aren't they so I just wonder, like sheets sheets whether I'm, that comes from this I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm going to agree with you. And, and, and I think before we um, wrap up, we should talk about other adaptions of this because it was yeah. a, uh, obviously a big hit, lots of other adaptions. Um, no, no films. Yeah. Yeah, you'd, you'd be stringing this out a bit to, it would be, yeah. to, to turn this it into might a, make quite a... You could do quite a good little anthology uh, of, film, like, like an amicus type thing, perhaps. Well, you, or Dead of, Dead of Night or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, Ne- never attempted. Um, obviously, we we, we did uh, casting the runes. The, yeah. The Night of the Demon. The yeah. the Emma James film. But it's the only one they ever managed to, to make a film on. Yeah. Um, I say they. Anyone. <laughs> <laughs> anyone with a movie camera and enough money to make a proper film. They they haven't done this one. But um, there there was a 2010 adaptation again BBC TV adaption yeah. um, starring John Hurt. Uh, I, I don't watch that. I don't want to say I have seen it. I don't want to say too much about it because I, th- I think we should probably it's cover it, it? cover it's it on a, another episode. Uh, it doesn't. It, ha- it doesn't even have a whistle in it. 
Okay. Uh, it, uh, it's, we'll I, we should do an episode. We'll, one, one day we'll do an episode on that. But what we, what we won't do is an episode about spine chillers. No. Uh, um, so I know you listened to that. Did I did you? listen to that, and it's um, their their adaptation. They're only fifteen minutes long. Um, again, they choose a, a, a youngish actor to be parking, and he is playing golf. So um, one of the things when you look at it online for that series was that they get a lot of stick for not being very uh, faithful to the original material. But yeah. I thought I thought this version was reasonably faithful. It just. It's, it just rushes it. It's 15 minutes. It's quite a lot to cram in. But the actors give it their all and, uh, and do do really well. Um, and, and I didn't think it was that bad. But but yeah. They realise that the ghost bit within, in the bedroom, they do it the other way round in that it's him, Parkin's golf partner, that hears Parkin making a noise and goes in. And... Uh, yeah, Parkin's in a real state or anything. So they don't try and realise the ghost in the, in some way or on, in the actual adaptation. It'd have to be some kind of out, rustling. It would be some, yeah. Yeah. Which um, I think you probably could do. I don't see why you couldn't do it. So, I, doing my research for this episode, I rewatched the Robert Powell uh, sort of, sort of re- reading of it. So Robert Powell did, uh, in the 80s, he he did a a series of readings of um, Emma James' stories. So again, 15 minutes long. Um, you, usually they were kind of semi-dramatised, so so you you would you would get some kind of um, uh, inserts as sort of depicting the action he was describing, uh, like um, his uh, his version of the 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 the, the mezzo tint. Um, actually, is him reading. Uh, well, um, it's him in, in yeah. like Edwardian costume. Uh, um, speaking to camera, and then and then, um, um, but it cuts to the uh, the the um, picture, the mezzotint picture, okay. uh, with all the different stages of it. Yeah. It's so well realised, you wouldn't even believe it. It's brilliant. Um, but and I mentioned that because um, the the whistle and I'll come to you episode doesn't have any of the semi dramatisation at all. It has no cutaways. It's all on Robert Powell for 15 right. minutes yeah. and um, it's a bit of a tour de force I mean occasionally he says bits quickly which yeah. I think uh, is a long story a lot to get through yeah. but but it, it, yeah. it, it's come it, on the, the, the lighting technicians are going to switch the lights off soon and uh, if you, if you um, obviously you're the same age as me so so you, you think of Robert Powell as uh, the guy from that Jasper Carrot sitcom no, uh, I, I, Jesus uh, well, I never watched that, but yeah, he was Jesus of uh, Nazareth. Jesus of Nazareth, yeah. I remember watching that. Uh, and um, I did, um, Hannay, of course, Hannay. Yeah. For actually, although the 39 Steps film that he was Hannay in is great, I actually, uh, there was a, there was 80s, that was a 70s film. It was, there was a TV series. Was eight, yeah, and I watched that. But but all I can remember about, I I bothered with that. about that TV series and about um, the, the detectives and that sort so I didn't think he was that tremendously good as an actor, <laughs> right. but, but but his his readings of these M.R. James stories is absolutely brilliant. So he obviously was a good actor. <laughs> it was, yeah, oh, he's a good actor, yeah. um, and he's obviously got this really uh, yeah. his main his main asset as an actor is his voice, yes. <laughs> and, and, and so it really works for reading. So that's then that's out on the BFI uh, box set and available separately, and and um, well. 
absolutely worth, worth getting. But did, did Christopher Lee read this as when he did? He no, did no, he didn't do this one. I, look, I looked it up. Um, no, he did a warning to the curious, which is probably a bit similar. So yeah, he did that. Yeah. Like, like Robert Powell doesn't do that one. He just, right, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I mean, there are quite a few different ones to choose from. But. Yeah, the, the other one as well, which is a bit kind of left field, was um, they did a version of this in the daytime British TV soap type thing, Doctors. Yeah, you you you, you drew my attention to this, and I watched it on iPlayer. <laughs> so this was the Halloween episode. Um, I want to say probably about two years ago now. Something like that, yeah. Something like that. And um, effectively, I mean, I don't know, because I mean, this was Series 200 of Doctors or whatever, because it's, it's, it's one of those programs that runs and runs and runs. Um, but obviously, the writers of this episode thought it would be fun to do it as a Halloween story, so they have one of the Doctors going off to meet his, uh, his friend, Monty. Um, <laughs> Clever. Subtle. For a holiday, go on holiday because he's been a bit stressed. And from that point on, he essentially follows the same sort of format. Um, I don't know if I can find the sort of one. Yeah, I the, think, he, think he does. But and I, th- I think, from memory, that it's kind of more manifestly these are Knights Templar. Yeah, yeah, there was, there was those, those, the, the ghost is, is sort of like a scary kind of figure in a cloak. And, and isn't there a twist where the, the colonel guy has been, like, dead for 20 years? <laughs> oh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, there's, like, a creepy <laughs> thing, isn't there, where they go, oh, yeah, the colonel, oh, no, we don't know anything about him, something, yeah. Yeah, there's something ridiculous like that. But yeah. I, 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 I quite enjoyed it, and I think it, 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 it's, it's rubbish, it's not a great adaptation, but it's a bit, a bit of fun. It was, it was all right. I think. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely agree. I mean, doctors do that. That's worth tracking down. Uh, that, that, those are possibly the only two episodes of Doctors I'll ever watch. <laughs> I don't want to lie to you, Paul. No, My enthusiasm for Doctors is quite limited. <laughs> fair enough. I mean, it's eventually it's a it's sort of like a tryout ground, isn't it, for new writers and stuff, effectively, and directors and things. I think it's like one of those things that if you graduate from the BBC writers course or directors course, you go and do an episode of Doctors. I think I preferred it when Omnibus was around yeah. <laughs> to yeah. provide that service than, 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 than Doctors <laughs> doing it, but you know, I, I suppose at least there's something. Yeah. Um, I think that probably wraps it up it in this year. It does, no? Yeah, I don't have anything more to add. Excellent. Well, um, I think the Christmas dinner's ready. It is, uh, yeah. uh, So we'll pull a few cr- crackers and uh, <laughs> keep up the facade of festive <laughs> Christmasiness. Um, and, um, yeah, but we'll probably have another... We'll do, what are we going to talk about next time? We'll have another episode. This is good fun, this uh, podcasting <laughs> lot. We'll do another episode. We will do. So I think next time we're going to continue on the Christmas theme because we can't get enough of Christmas but we're going to look at something more recent um, I think we're just going to talk about the Inside Number 9 Christmas special The Devil at Christmas I'm very much looking forward to that which is lucky <laughs> it's lucky <laughs> right well um, oh, and uh, you know there's something these days called social media and you've yep. got to make sure people can reach us on 
social media. Um, I don't really understand it, but I, I think you've been doing some research. So uh, could you just uh, cover the social media angle? Yeah. yeah, for Chris, social media is reading a newspaper in the company of other people. Um, <laughs> yes, so you can find us on Facebook, where we're at Very British Horror, or on um, Twitter, where we're at Very Brit Horror. Um, you can email us, Very British Horror, um, at gmail.com, especially if you can find examples of ghosts being portrayed as sheets that predates um, this story. And yes, if you can review us on iTunes, that would be lovely as well. That would be lovely. And didn't you set, uh, set up an Instagram? Yeah, well, we've now got an Instagram account where we're... Uh, we never take any photos, so this is going to be of limited value. <laughs> we're, we're A underscore very underscore British underscore horror. <laughs> So there we go. That's pretty memorable. So there we go. Look, you, you just need to put underscores and some spaces. Um, but yes, so I don't know. We might might put some photos on there. We don't really know what to do with that. Um, uh, and and you can also find us on uh, if if you have the TuneIn app for radio, you can find us on there now. That's brilliant. I don't even know what that is, but that yeah, is so brilliant. There we go. So you can find our episodes on there. So well, let's. Um, well, so, so let's leave it on that highly positive note um, so until the next episode I've been Chris Denton I've been Paul Monk hey you've changed it what you said I, you always say I am what? Paul Monk oh whatever my ring the changes what, what? Yeah, good point <laughs> well and, and and the squeaky thing has been Poppet the cat <laughs> well Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night Bye-bye.